0: Welcome to the cross-border interviews. This is the show where we sit down with local elected leaders from all corners of Canada. Now, throughout this episode, we will be learning about who our guest is, what drives them, and how they are working to make their community a better place for everyone. Today, we are honored to be sitting down and chatting with Councillor Ben Fideev of the Municipal District of Bonneville, Alberta. But before we jump into that interview, we want to say that we couldn't embark on this journey without your support. Creating content that sheds light on the issues affecting municipalities requires both dedication and resources. Now, if you believe in our mission and want to help us to continue to grow, please consider visiting our support page on the Cross Border Interviews website. Every contribution, big or small, goes a long way in ensuring that we can keep delivering the kind of content you have come to expect from us. Now, on to our interview with Counselor Fadeev. Ben, thank you so much for doing this. Greatly appreciate it. I want to start our interview off with the same question I've asked every single municipal leader who's ever come on my show, so you're no exception to that first question, and that is, where did your sense of duty to serve your community come from, Ben? Sense of duty?
1: Wow. I, I never, never expected myself to be in this position ever, uh, basically just community involvement. Um, I'm a business owner in Cole Lake. I have been for a while, and I joined the chamber. Uh, it's one of those things where you know, if you want to make some changes, you uh, just keep your mouth shut and actually jump in. So, which, which I did. Uh, being a, being an active member, I uh, then I got into the, the vice vice role, then I then I chaired the uh, the chamber as. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm 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 past president, and I have always seen a disconnect between the uh, the city of Coal Lake and the MD of Bonneville. So, uh, uh, talking to the uh, leaders back and forth, and the uh, past councillor of the MD of Bonneville uh, suggested that I be uh, a great councillor. So, scratch my head and thinking, you know, time commitment, can I, you know, can I do it? Uh, I talked about it with my wife because I knew it was going to take some time away from from my business. And uh, she gave me the go-ahead, gave me the green light to do it, and I did. Uh, it's like everything else I do, I jump into both feet, which was, uh, yeah, my time commitment that I thought it was I was going to get into it to what it actually is was <laughs> totally different. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it is it is what it is, and I'm, I'm happy to be in this position, and I got a lot of things that I wanted to get off my checklist done, and I'm, uh, I'm pretty
0: happy with that. So, from from what I can surmise, in 2017 is the first election you put your name forward for municipal office. Uh, you talk about, you just talked about in your opening statement there, that the former councillor or then councillor said that you should put your name forward. Had you consider it prior to that 2017 election, or was politics something that was so far off your radar, like many other people I talked to municipally, that when someone finally did approach you to say you should, that's when you ultimately started to think about it.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. I I never I you know, being a being in the chamber, I mean, I always had a. Uh, a, a pretty good connection with what was happening in municipalities based on you know what was happening with their budgets how things were going because you know our our uh our stakeholders had a lot of interest in it so I always kind of was in touch with it I kind of knew what was going on but uh that is about it uh never you know never thought of it uh at all uh until that point uh, so thank you be- Mr. Bamber
0: <laughs> thank you so much I want to go back to that 2017 election for a second here, because from your background, and I did a little bit of a deep dive on you because I wanted to learn a little bit about you, it seems like you would have had a pulse on your community. You kind of would have known as someone who was active in the chamber of what was going on in your community. But when you go and door knock and go talk to people at their doorsteps and ask them about the issues that they're uh, confronted with, you can sometimes get an eye-opening experience when you were door knocking and talking to your uh, fellow neighbors in twenty seventeen. Were you surprised at some of the issues that you were confronted with when they were talking to you? Uh, not really.
1: Uh, I mean, you know, crime, like rural crime, was a was was huge. Uh, I had to actually go onto the uh, the local uh, site where you know the rural crime site, just to let them know that I'm door knocking. Uh, I do not want anything from you except for your vote uh you know I have a white truck uh it's so regular cab gmc uh you know and and it's, the fortunate part and the unfortunate part it, a lot of people did not answer their doors uh so there there was a real uh real i guess a sense of fear with the things that were going on. we also have a remember right, right at the same time uh the oil uh, was down. We we're at we we're at the worst point. So crime was kind of going up, well, not kind of going up, it was going up, and uh, yeah, most most of the things were were pretty good, uh, kind of what I thought it was, but but the real crime part was and still is an issue.
0: So we're going to talk about some of the issues later on in the interview, but I want to stick on you for a second and the role of a counselor. Now, you've been in the position now for just over six years, uh, elected in 2017, re-elected in 2021, and now you are two years into your second term mandate. Looking back six years ago, is it what you expected? Is is being the counselor of your community what you expected it, it, compared to what you thought it was going to be six years ago?
1: Uh, you know, working with different boards, I, I, I did not. Uh, there is a whole element to politics. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 politics within politics is absolutely ridiculous. Uh,
0: <laughs> good, good. Say, bad, say right. it ain't so bad. Come on. <laughs> politics and politics.
1: So, <laughs> and, uh, so it, it's, you know, yeah, it's, you know, one thing I, I didn't expect is, is, uh, you know, uh, the war driven type of, uh, you know, campaigns that, that, that people have, which I get right. Uh, but coming from different boards, my training was a lot different where we look after the whole community. We look out after, you know, what's best for, uh, for the whole, I guess the, uh, the organization itself. So yeah, obviously, I, you know,
0: I apologize to jump in there because I can imagine you're elected by Ward 6 residents, but you're not sworn in as MD of Bonneville, number 86, Ward 6 councillor. You're sworn in as the MD councillor. So you have to look at every issue as a community issue, not a ward issue. But you can't forget about the people who have elected you. So how do you balance that aspect of the job being... Knowing that you have to go back to your residence and say I've advocated as much as I can for you, but I have to look at every issue as a bond, uh, MD issue, not just a Ward Six issue.
1: Correct. I mean, you know, your that's where you know your strap planning comes in, and, and and your strong leadership on your your reef side and 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 all of that part of it. Uh, I think that is the the key of it, and and the core of uh, of good governance is a is a plan, uh, and you know. And as a plant together as a, as a council. Uh, and I think that's where some of the challenges you know do come in.
0: Is it hard to stick up for your area when you know that at the end of the day, you have a limited supply of money and sometimes ward six may not get their fair share, quote, quote unquote here, fair share yeah. of the municipal budget.
1: Um, um, unfortunately, ward six has been on the short end of the stick for quite a while. So uh, they, they didn't expect too much, uh, but uh, you know, it, at the end of the day is, uh, you know, we, you know, one thing, you know, we were pushing for is, uh, is I guess, community engagement. Uh, one thing that we're, you know, we're, we're very proud of is, uh, is, you know, our, how we maintain our, uh, our community halls and like, and all that. And, and uh, uh, the sense of community is, is community. So each each one of our, when most of our wards, we have a like uh, community hall in our organization, an ag society that's there, uh, and you know once you're once you tap yourself into that ag society or that hall, you really get the pulse of of uh, of what's happening there. Uh, you know, it was uh, our area didn't want trails, they didn't want all that stuff, but their uh, their rink was falling apart. Uh, and it, you, you know, a lot of people used it, so uh, with, with council at the time, you know, we looked at our busiest hamlets, and uh, we decided to uh, spend some money on there to actually put some some legacy money into those, uh, those I guess, you know, higher population hamlets. So we uh, went to Ardmore and Cherry Grove, and uh, we spent you know, just a little over a million dollars to put a an outdoor nhl size rink in. Uh, so not that, you know, the stuff was falling apart. They, it was built by volunteers 30, 40 years ago with a bunch of two by fours, a bunch of plywood, they put it all together and it was just falling apart. So we, you know, us spending the money into it, you're looking at a, uh, you know, something that's going to be there for the next 40, 50 years and something that is, is not going to cost, uh, the society, any kind of money for maintenance everything is built out of aluminum and metal and everything else, and that's the drain. It's not the uh, structure. It's the maintenance part of it. So uh, we, you know, we did that, and it's, it's it's been fantastic. You know, we we see things from you know weddings, uh, all season weddings in there to you know obviously the hockey part of it, uh, but you know uh, just concerts, uh, just everything that's being used in those in those uh those rings is just it's phenomenal and
0: i love it i i want to turn to sort of a weird a weird part of the show now and i want to talk because you just talked about engagement and i i i i when i when i hear that word i pick up on it right away because i've got to know do you find that there is an apathy when it comes to municipal governance in your community Do people understand what is going on at city hall or at town hall, and they are willing to give their feedback to you, or are they just looking for that engagement part saying, okay, we wanna volunteer within our own community and not give feedback on the day-to-day minutia of what's going on at town hall, because we've elected Ben to do that. We've elected council to do that. Do you see that there is an apathy when it comes to uh, the day to- day issues that are going on in your community? or are people willing to give their feedback to you?
1: Somewhat. When it involves them, it does. otherwise, yeah. you know they're they're busy. they're busy. They have their you know uh, two, three kids and a dog and a white picket fence that they have to repaint, you know they they're busy doing them. And so you know so they get involved in their community. And now to get involved in politics is just, it's just something that I think a lot of people don't have time for. I mean, there's the odd person that, you know, does follow you all the time and, and ask you, you run into Sobies and all of a sudden it's like, hey, uh, you know, I, I seen you were on Discord, what's happening over there? What's happening at FCSS or what's happening at the library? And you're like, wow, uh, didn't know you were that interested.
0: Does, does that make your job <laughs> harder though, when people, aren't sort of engaging with the political side of what's going on at the, in this in the community? Because you have to make decisions on a regular basis. And sometimes you want to sort of engage with your residents, I'm assuming, and talk to them about where you think they, or where they think this, uh, the community should grow. When you go out asking for feedback, are people willing to give it? Uh- yeah, somewhat, if they answer the phone, I'm just kidding, <laughs> <laughs> or answer the door.
1: No, <laughs> it's it's they do, you know, and and and, and our, like our communications end of it, they've done a great job with you know putting stuff out there on, on the rural review. It's it's a it's a it's a monthly magazine we send out. Uh, you know, we're very active on Facebook, so we do do a good job as trying to get uh, people to engage. But again, it's one of those things where people. Don't seem to want to engage until it's 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 an issue that hits home, uh, you know, to them. Uh, our like our budget, you know, we've uh, we've done a little road tour, and uh, you know, you'll go to one community and you'll get not a single person that comes over for the budget. And then you go to another community hall, and all of a sudden, you know, you'll have you'll have twenty out there. Uh, so it's it's it is different. Uh, it's just all all what uh, what might hit them in the, the pocketbook or services, uh, which it's a tough balance on, uh, on like on counselors and counsel,
0: uh,
1: especially nowadays, right?
0: Oh, I want to talk about some of the toughest decisions for a second, if that's okay, because you in six years' time, I'm assuming you've had to make some very tough decisions, uh, whether that be budgetary issues, that whether it be that service levels issues, or whether that be Uh, paving even infrastructure issues you've had to make some very tough decisions at the end of the day and you have to sort of balance out the needs of the community with the individual because you have to make sure that everyone feels like they're getting their fair share of what they're paying in taxes how do you make the tough decisions as a counselor to ensure that everyone feels like there's something in it for them
1: but at, at, at the end of the day, people, people often forget that uh, you, as a counselor, uh, are a rate payer as well. So, you don't say. Like, I, I've never people, heard that before. <laughs> people, people were like, oh, yeah, this, I'm like, really? Like, this totally affects me. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, you know, my, my kids are here, my families are, my businesses are in, in, in Coal Lake, but yet, I mean, we're, we're all affiliated together. And of course, they affect me. Uh, it is. It is uh, more. You know. Once the tough. This is our toughest budgets. Now you're looking at wants versus needs, uh, and and it's it's pretty easy for me to look at that as 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 a business owner. Uh, we've had to make those tough decisions for a long time now. So for me, looking at on 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 the budget side of things, it's it's pretty easy. Uh, no, that's a want, uh, not a need. Uh, you know, and just we just move it to the side, and it's easy to tell our like our ratepayers. You know, in order to maintain our, our low level increases in taxes, this is where we have to be at. Uh, I mean, the downloading from I'm sure this is probably the first time you actually heard this that uh, the downloading from the provinces is just keeps on going. Uh, you don't is, say. This is this, this is this has been our toughest budget ever. So we're 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 we have good management team and uh, our CEO uh, you know, and, and our asset management, we're not looking at what we have now, it's also maintaining and trying to uh, alleviate the pains going on, on to later. So just give you an example right now, or um, one of the downloads is, is Bridges and we're not the only ones in like in the province. Our next 10 year window on, on on Bridges is $90 million the next 10 years, 90, 90. I think that is the total budget of what the province wants to give out. Uh, you know, there's no 50-50 split. They, they came out with these, these service levels back in the 50s and 60s where, you know, they came in, they built all these bridges and slowly they were grabbing their, I guess, uh, their part of ownership, you know, 20% they used to fund 80% of it. Now they, you know, for a while there, they funded 50% of it. Now they don't at all. Uh, so, you know, talking to, talking to the ministers, asset management is going to be a huge part of this. So if you want to apply for a, a, a bridge, you have to have half the money of not all of it sitting in that bridge fund. Uh, I mean, it's just, it is impossible. Uh, you know, again, you know, there are, our uh, um like drilling memorand the drilling tax, you know we still have another year to go out of that that's taking a big part of it out uh it's just uh, yeah, you know, going from the n d p now to to the u c p is is one is any even better
0: I don't know downloading hasn't stopped i uh, <laughs> breaking news downloading is bad um yeah. But I've got to sort of pick up on that because I, I need to play a little bit of devil's advocate with you here for a second, Ben. And I think you're ready for this question. And It's a political question. Uh, uh, understandable, there are needs and wants of every community. Understandable, $90 million is a massive price tag. But if you go to the province and you ask people ask the province for money, There's only one taxpayer at the end of the day, and they're going to be getting it from your residents as well. And that usually means that their portion of the mill rate will go up, their portion of the property taxes will go up, and they will get a portion of that, the province. So how do you do this in the short term? How do you ensure the continuous growth, the continuous success of your community when you understand that the financial realities that we currently live in means that if you ask the province they're going to come from the taxpayers if you do it yourselves it's going to be on the backs of the taxpayers how do you do that how does you, how do you in your role as counselor envision working for the betterment of the community while understanding you can't do it fully on the backs of the taxpayer
1: 100 percent that's what I kept that's what I keep telling uh, to people at the government level of Alberta is there you know there really is only the one taxpayer uh, you know they're they're still making their money off of royalties which is fair but they've also they they give these these concessions to uh the industry based on the backs of the municipalities not on the backs of the government so so the government's still making their money and yes i mean congratulations on paying off five billion dollars net uh but that 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 debt has been paid for on the backs of the municipalities we have cut or or, you know, cut, I guess, some services, we at the MD bond, but we are having a real time, real tough time cutting services. <laughs> so, but anyways, uh, you know, uh, you know, like those are some of the challenges and you know what, it's uh bridge file scares me. Uh, you know, I, I, I wish I was a, a seasoned counselor when I first started. I would have pushed maybe to put some more money into asset management asset management was talked about, but not at this level, uh, you know, getting back to, uh, you know, mill rates, kind of what you talked about, uh, the government has, you know, has always, uh, wanted to go to that five to one rate. Uh, a lot of municipalities like ours where a lot of our money close to, we kind of bounce around that 76 to 80% of our money comes from, from industry. Uh, when you start clawing back two to the five to one, uh, so does your funding. Uh, you know, and and also, you know, it's it's people think, well, you are still making lots of money. Look at your budget; it's one hundred twenty million, it's one hundred thirty million. You know what? We have twenty seven hundred kilometers worth of roads. Uh, you know, when and when you when you're looking at at the cost increases, you know, you're talking about you know inflation, and it's six percent, and it's five percent, and it's three percent. Like BS to that, you know. When, when looking at a road, and you know, for a mile of road, you know, before it was roughly one, one, $1. $1.2 dollars to do a, a, a like a rebuild and a and a pave. We just got a quote here two months ago at three point two million bucks. So tell me, where where is the seven percent? Come on, like it's just it is it is it is frustrating. Uh, and and you know, people ratepayers just don't see that. they don't see the the huge increases. Uh, you know, I mean, our uh, our operational end of it, you know, just just to do business has increased to four to five million bucks. So our operations part of it has gone up, our, our our money coming in has gone down, and that's that's not a good position to be at. Uh, I've, I've been there as a business. Uh, it's not fun times, you know. Uh, you just, just make do what you do until you hope that that thing's going to change. And uh, where is it at? I, I really don't know. had a good talk with uh, with, with Minister Horner about that. Uh, you know, there while you were there, I seen you running around. I, I went up to the mic asked and asking the question. They ran around my question, and I uh, they, they gave you a complete different answer than what your question is. So I had a chance to the best thing about politics is
0: remember it's question period. It's not answer session. Remember that (laughs) then, come on, you should know that. And it's bear session. It's not, I'm going to (laughs) actually answer the question that was asked.
1: hundred percent. So I, I, according to Mr. Mr. Horner and, and, you know, I kind of had a chat and he was like, you know, I said, you totally misunderstood my question. He goes, no, I didn't. I'm like, okay, well, there's an honest guy. So (laughs) he, he danced around it, but you know, he asked me, Well, how would you do this? I'm asking for you guys to, to increase the taxes on industry. I'm just saying, Is quit giving them the concessions. Uh, you know, like, like industry as well as as labor force has have asked the municipalities as a whole to make this, to make our area a better place, to make our area a place where you're not sentenced to. Uh, you know, oh, okay, sorry, I was going to use the S word, but oh, crap, I'm going to, uh, you know, to Coal Lake or I'm going to Bonneville, or to the MD. At the end of the world, you know, I, how am I going to keep my family happy here? And I'm not going to, you know, so all that all that kind of stuff. Same with the military. Uh, so the military can apply to not go to this area because it's it's too far away and it's a burden on their family. And it, you know, and then they get put on to the, I don't, I,
0: I, I, am shocked at they that. Get that's dropped a, I, I, I did not know that the military, which is usually you get told what to do can say, <laughs> no, I don't want to go there. No, wow.
1: No, 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 Of Of course you got to remember that's uh, not political at all, but uh, it's the liberal way. Uh, anyways. uh <laughs>
0: So, I, I, so, I want to. Uh, I, I have one last question in this segment before I turn to my next one. I'm gonna let that. I'm just gonna let that linger for a few seconds. Who are listening to Ottawa right now? Who are listening to this in Ottawa? Um, at the beginning of this interview, you you talked about the one of the reasons why you got involved municipally, and it was to bridge the gap and bridge the relationship between Cold Lake and the MD of Bonneville. And you saw it as a, at a chamber level, and now you have been in the office for six years. I'm going to ask the very political question because I'm hoping to get someone on from Cold Lake to ask this follow up question with them as well. How has that relationship building gone? Gone like for you, and has it mended to the point where you're happy with the progress you've made in six years? You know, uh,
1: there's always, all, you know, there's always work like. It can always be better, 100%. Has it, uh, you know, I think it's gone drastically better than all than, than it ever has. Uh, you know, again, you know, it's, it's. Uh, I'm involved in my community. I'm always here. You know, my, my kids go to the Coal Lake High School. My businesses are here. I always see the counselors. We always have a, uh, you know, positive conversations and we try to do things together. Uh, on, on, on a tourism part of it, uh, you know, as he kind of talked about, is you can't just look at a, you know, what does the MD of are going to do for tourism? It's, it's a regional thing because, you know, uh, as, as a region, uh, with the MD, if we spend a pile of money in tourism, the benefits are going to go to city or to town. That's where they have the hotels. You know, we don't have any of that. So it, it, it is truly, it is a, it is a partnership thing. And I think we do a great job with the, with the city of Coal Lake and the town of Bonville uh, with that.
0: So I want to turn to the second segment now because I'm cautious of time and I want to ask uh, a question. But before I do, as I always do, I'm going to preface this by saying this is a conversation between the councillor and myself. This is not a motion of council, not a direction of council, not even a policy of council, because the councillor I'm speaking to is only one vote of his council. So, counselor, in your opinion, and your opinion alone, what do you see as the biggest issue or issues facing the Municipal District of Bonneville today?
1: We kind of talked about it before. It is, uh, it's funding. It's it's money. Uh, you know, again, when when when, you know, that the high seventies to eighty percent of our money comes from from industry. Uh, you know, we got to be. Cognizant of of that, uh, you know, how do we how do we slowly pivot? How do we slowly pivot into getting you know another source of you know, like revenue to come in, uh, and, and how do we uh, how do we bring down our service levels without uh, impeding what our residents want without getting growth stunted uh, to to a point, right? Uh, so we you know we have to be uh, careful of that. We are trying to do that. Uh, you know, the I see great opportunities with uh, wow. like with the base coming in. I mean, they're they're going to be spending piles of money, like multi millions of dollars. Their first phase, second phase. I mean, they're I think in the next ten years there will be I think it's be over a billion dollars of spending. Uh, you know, everybody's going to be looking at uh, you know at this you know at the pathways project, and they're like, oh, it's going to be sixteen point five billion dollars going to be coming into your area. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> let's see the let's see the side documents first, right? Uh, I mean, it's it's a big project, and when you have uh, three types of governments uh, that have that have influence on it, and you have uh, six big dogs in it, as far as energy companies go, uh, yeah, it's it's there's going to be some challenges. I think their their goal is to do it all together, and I think you know we just had a meeting with uh, with. Uh, with them here, you know, a couple three weeks ago, and it's very positive, And they're trying to do their best, and uh, I, I think it's you know we're going to get there. But it's going to be influenced by the, you know, it's called by the Feds. Uh, you know, the Feds are you know are being lobbied all the time. Uh, we we think of carbon capture as you know to be only an oil product or an oil issue, but it's not. It's you know the you know the cement industry down in down east is huge. Uh, their lobby efforts are big. Uh, you know, especially when you're dealing with, with Quebec. Uh, so, you know, when, when they're in the feds ears all the time, uh, you know, are we as well? Absolutely. Right. So uh, we, we, you know, we need that step forward uh, with pathways to, to re- give the oil industry somewhat of a, uh, of a positive shine. Uh, being being carbon neutral, uh, I think that's what we need. You know, we are we are the most ethical uh, producing you know oil in in the, in the world, and I think we need need to keep uh, pounding that drum and getting the message out. Uh, a lot of people in Ontario you know, and and Quebec, you know, don't realize our issues are the same as their issues, uh, and and they think of you know of our oil as you know, the tar sands. Uh, people have no idea. Even down south, people have no idea. I met this one guy that he called it the and said, <laughs> I got this big vein here started throbbing. I'm like, I'm like, dude, where are you from? Alberta. I'm like, what? I says, oh, come out, come out. I'll I'll give you a tour of and show you what, what you know, what that looks like. You know, we're very ethical. The, you know, this the the Sag-Deep, uh, ish, you know, uh, most of the sag stuff here is very clean. You know the the oil and the oil industry plant. You know they they plant more trees and 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 do do better things for the environment than than Greenpeace does. Uh, you know it's it's uh, my my you know on 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 like on a different subject. My my brother in law he, he lives in England uh, as as a young fella. He was uh, he was a peacer. And, uh, and and he uh, he came over here. He was he was totally blown away. But how we live and 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 the things we need to uh, to sustain ourselves, uh, and his his he's, his whole mind is totally switched, and uh, and he he can't believe how how well we do it here.
0: You are the first area, first community that I've spoken to, and I've spoken to someone from the regional municipality of Wood Buffalo, but we did not talk about the oil industry. And you've brought it up so i'm gonna play in the sandbox for a little bit here if if you don't mind Absolutely. and i've got to ask a very sort of poignant political uh important question you have a federal government in ottawa who is looking at moving away from the oil industry you have a provincial government who is an advocate for the oil and gas industry you are a municipality who see, sort of reaps the benefits of the oil and gas industry. And I say that by you get the windfalls. You get people coming in, building houses, doing their work here, do uh, explo- uh, ex- uh, exporting the oil and gas uh, natural resources in your community into different areas. But you have two levels of government who are vehemently opposed against each other right now, and the municipality is stuck in the middle how do you navigate these waters as a council as a municipality to ensure that you know you have to work with both of them even though they don't want to seem to work together <laughs> and
1: you know say it is too bad it is too bad that the uh, the, the line is drawn uh, so drastically so deep now especially with uh, with with uh, with premier Smith coming out uh, it 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 truly is a us against them, and I, I think it's it's wrong. We're not going to get anywhere with you know with that kind of work. What people are forgetting is is the, the you know the amount of investment that the feds do bring into into the West. Uh, I was a part of community futures for uh, for a while, and and you know them building businesses is done on the back of the feds. Uh, you know they, they are putting money into this. Uh, I think there you know there could be a good compromise. Uh, but you know maybe not with this government uh, but I think future government definitely could I mean the, I mean the end of the day and it's the same conversation I had with uh, Joe CC when he was here is uh, you know don't be so hard on oil don't don't come down so hard on the things here This is with that money yes you can put out your social programs and everything else but don't cap them uh, and, and you know fast moving fast forward they kind of did but anyways that's I think it, it, it is a good balance and i I, I don't I don't uh, do, you like is, man, is do you feel like the middleman
0: do you feel like the middleman like talking to both governments uh, and sort of being the absolutely. middle council level of government that is usually not the middle counts uh, middle level of government because usually municipalities are considered the children of the province and, and, you know and we
1: are I mean we're you know we we have this big thick white book that tells us how to operate uh, you know when when you'll, you'll, you'll get counselors that that think that book you know should be thrown out but yet at the, the end of the day is they don't realize that you know we are a children of the province and you know we have to abide by their rules. Uh, it is tough it is tough it is tough to uh, uh, but I think you know working with the province and uh, getting to you know getting to, to understand some of our needs, is what we can bring to to the table. Uh, some days we feel like in our area, we feel like the Alberta in in, uh, in the country. Uh, 30 30% of of the the you know like the bitumen dollars come from the India bond. Meanwhile, we're we are not being looked at for you know any kind of funding from our highway which which continues north and south highway 28. Uh, they've, you know, taken away our rail. Uh, so our, our main transportation is up and down that highway with the Air Force Base being as big as it is. That highway gets used a lot. And, uh, you know, every time I go down south, I see highways going east and west, and they're all looking pretty nice. We come up here. Our main main intersection road with Highway 28 uh, is, is just uh, not being looked at at all. Uh, we pound it pretty hard. Uh, so now they, they gave us a five million dollar uh, study. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Uh, I oh. think I think uh, you know a lot of people have have stated that uh, Highway Twenty Eight is the, uh, the 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 most studied highway in the province. It, so, it it wouldn't so, be
0: a government unless there was a study on highway twenty eight. I don't care who you are, from Smith all the way back to I think klein twenty eight has always had a study upon study, right?
1: And it's it's you know, I mean, when you're uh, it it affects everything. It affects tourism to uh, just to basically transportation. Uh, I mean, we're you know we're seeing our you know our issues that we have that we're having with with the hs model that people are always having to go down to. Edmonton for testing and, and all that stuff. So again, you know, uh, you know, healthcare has, has an issue with that. You're always in that road. And when it becomes, uh, you know, unsafe, you know, it's, it's sad to see, right. Uh, the problems doesn't want to hear anything about safety. They don't want to hear about a death toll. They want to hear about economic corridors. We've even gone that way. And, uh, it's just, it's still, we're just being you know kicked down the road and, uh, It's just, yeah, we just have to keep on pounding. I mean, that part of it, that part of this job, I love. I love, uh, you know, bringing uh, our issues to the province. And, and, you know, I I wish I could do a better job. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if I was in the position, uh, you know, uh, to do that on a full-time basis, I would love it. Uh, just being down there and,
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, You're you're saying a drum. rural community counselor does not get paid full-time hours and full-time yeah. pay to do your job? I I I, I joke. I joke. I I you, you smaller urban communities, smaller rural counselors are the unsung heroes of municipal politics because you do as much as uh your larger urban centers do, but you do it for literally quarter of the pay and full-time hours. So I give you credit on that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, you know, again, uh, people don't realize, you know, how much, I mean, it's, it is affecting, you know, like my business as itself, right. Where, you know, uh, I've pretty well stepped, you know, pretty well stepped away from it. I'm at, you know, maybe 90% active in one of them, uh, a little more active in the other. And, uh, and I, I, I have to, because Mike, I took the oath. I made the commitment to uh, to the MD to do the best I can, and I'm doing it right now. Until that, uh, till that clock uh, stops, <laughs> then uh, I'll uh, I'll look at everything else for sure.
0: I, I was recently speaking to a mayor from back in Ontario, uh, I think Quebec, sorry, and he said that uh, with his job as mayor, and he works, he he's on a few organizations as well. He has probably lost money from his business because of all the times that he's spending as a municipal right. politician. And I'm I, 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 i I'm flabbergasted that that happens in 2023, but at the same time, you, you can't go to your uh, community and say, we have all these issues, so we need to raise our salaries so we can make your life easier. It, it's just a double-edged sword yeah. that is probably unsustainable in any community, especially when you ask for a pay raise from your residents. For sure
1: it is, right? I mean, you know,
0: some,
1: some communities, you know, hire lobbyists and everything else, but that's a slippery slope as well. Uh, When you're, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, their salesman game of the day is, you know, they're looking at, uh, you know, bringing in uh, municipalities for, for their organization. Uh, and you know what, if they can't solve the issue within you know uh, two or three meetings with a minister, you think that bothers them it it's not going to We'll just we'll just keep continuing to punch that clock in and say, yeah, you know what, this lobby effort took us uh, you know ten meetings instead,
0: right? So uh, I, I, I will be the first to admit that there is more lobbyists out there in the province of Alberta than there's probably municipal councillors right now, but that's just another I'll guarantee that yeah, is yeah, a yeah, completely. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty weird when, when we, you know, I, I did have a, a touch of uh, of a taste of, uh, of federal and provincial politics. I worked for uh, uh, the Kittanyi Federation of, Indo- of Independent Business for a while. And uh, I got to uh, kind of chaperone the, uh, the lobbyist there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was mm-hmm. fun, but it was also, she was working on one file for two years and uh, she was pounding the pavement hard and then after two years they decided to just drop that whole case so i'm like two years of work for what for nothing so uh, and you know what uh yeah so it was i had a little bit of a taste and that was that was quite a while ago that was 25 years ago so uh yeah forgot to mention that
0: so I want to turn to my last subject because I'm cautious of time here and we're almost at the 45 minute mark. And I want to talk Ooh. about something. I know this is the great thing about these episodes. I don't think people realize Well, they're watching it, they're like, oh, it's a half hour, 40 minutes. But when you're talking to somebody, you don't actually realize how long time has sort of passed until you look at the clock. And I was like, oh God, we're almost at the 45 minute mark. And I haven't even asked my favorite question. And you've talked about it, touched on it a little bit already, but I want to talk about tourism. Because I believe tourism is the unsung economic driver of a lot of municipalities. And I don't think municipalities do it quite right. I'm just saying that from a personal experience. But as I've said on this show, if you come on my show, I am coming to your community. So maybe I will be able to get a tour of the MD with you, counselor, when I'm up there in 2024, but I'm going to ask you this question pointedly. What are the hidden gems in the MD or in the area? Uh, you can you can choose Cold Lake because I, I you, you talked about how you can't do tourism with the MD because there's a spillover effect for the communities as well. So what are some of the hidden gems in your area of Alberta that you think Albertans and Canadians should visit if they ever have a weekend to go up and take a moment and spend it in the MD of Bonneville?
1: Yeah, thank you for that important question. Uh, I mean, it is uh, it is something that we're hoping to, you know, get in front of the uh, tour and minister. You know, we you see all this funding going into the core area, uh, you know, maybe around Banff, maybe around Kenmore, maybe around Jasper, and that is it. We're, we're slowly starting to see them paying a little bit of attention, to this area, our, our, our hidden gem is yeah. uh, it's called is called Canuso Ridge. Canuso Ridge is a is a ski hill that we adopted back in the, the mid seventies. Over the last little while, especially the last eight years, uh, we've put a lot of money into the lodge there. Uh, in the last two years, we actually lo- looked at it as keeping it as a uh, all around uh, facility. So, which we have done, it is absolutely amazing. People are blown away and so will you when you come up here you'll turn the corner and you're like what this is in the MD of Bonneville uh it is on the shore of of uh, of Coal Lake uh you know our our campground or or ND MD campground in Coal Lake is 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 the best used we have about 145 units there and about 14 uh, tent stalls uh it's it's incredible uh, you, you know you go a little bit to the east on a little bit of a walk you're you're five, 10 minutes into the, uh, the beautiful uh, Coal Lake beach uh, called canusu beach. And is, it you know, city has really uh, made that into a gem. It's, it's considered one of the, you know, I think the top 10 beaches in Alberta. It is, it is absolutely incredible. They put a lot of money into it and, and you can see that. So uh, so that that's one of them. I mean, you know, our, our, like our farm to table is, is incredible. Uh, we we you know we have a lot of uh, good uh, and I'm going to miss a few of these, these but everyone Shutter who's listening to this in the right?
0: MD who's you're missing is about to say, does he not support me anymore? Like what did I do? I know, right? I
1: <laughs> so, Charlotte Lake Farms, where you know they actually you know we used their beef at at like at the Ridge at the Ridge restaurant in uh, over at the over at Canusa Ridge, it is phenomenal. They you know it's grass fed there. There's no, you know, ads put into the, I mean, it is truly, it's, it, it's amazing. Uh, they have, you know, uh, and thanks to Community Futures, we have our farm days and it's it, you know, it's, it's right across Alberta where we bring rural people, rural urban people into the farms. Uh, we have a, we have a great, uh, a great, uh, if you want to get off the beaten path, just kind of, you know, a, by Wolf Lake, we have a, a place called it's called Provenance Acres, where you have fl- uh, flowers. They have 850 varieties of flowers you can pick. And, you know they they hold they they, they hold about uh, 20 people per you know per day there, and uh, they uh, you know uh, people come there. It's a little bit of a ways away, uh, but they enjoy the day. They're off the beaten path. You're you're in the sticks, you truly are. It's uh, You know, part of nature there is something that most people haven't seen in in rural, uh, sorry, in urban urban atmosphere. Uh, We have a place called 350 Farms that's here that truly bring that unique tenting yurt experience. Uh, You get there, they'll they'll provide you a meal, they'll give you uh, a little picnic uh, basket to go along and say, go off on your merry way, Uh, here's some of the hot spots in the area. And we'll see you tonight and people are you know people from you know sure park st albert are really enjoying the the quiet off beaten park um you know for me i like we love the mountains. we we go up there all the time but man we need dealing with the traffic and the people and everything else it is it is uh it's ridiculous i'm always happy to come back here um uh, you know what we really need to uh focus on um uh, Bringing people here, like like the staycations, uh, you know, people aren't weren't traveling down to Mexico and and all those places uh, in the years past. I think uh, the Edmonton Journal just had a, uh, a little bit of an excerpt uh, on a study of uh, where the money is coming from. Uh, a big part of the money where it's coming from is is, is Ontario, uh, and it's it's amazing to see that the you know we think it's going to be somewhere from Europe or, you know, wherever else, but it's not, you know, it's people that are wanted to see the rest of the country. Uh, you know, I, I wish we could, uh, you know, I wish all municipalities in Alberta would get a sister or a brother county or a town in Ontario where we could, uh, you know, visit each other on a you know professional, non-professional basis and see what our communities have to offer and, and bring back some, steal some ideas from each other and, uh, and, and do that, and kind of maybe bridge that gap. I would would love to see that.
0: Well, you heard it here first, everyone. I think that's an amazing idea. And as I have listeners from Ontario, particularly in the municipal realm, reach out to Ben. So I have one last question for you before I let you go. And it's the million dollar question that I've asked every single municipal leader, because I think they know how to answer it, but I want to put it on the record. And that is, in your opinion, what makes the MD of Bonneville such a unique place to live, work, and raise a family?
1: Uh, you know what? It's uh, just it's a smaller community. Uh, we we, good and bad. Um, you know one, you know, one of the stories uh, can I can kind of share with you uh, is uh, my my kids were walking home from school. Uh they got to uh the AMW, which is a couple blocks away from my store. They went on this huge snow pile and they went slid down it onto the service road. Uh, you know, the car was close, but it wasn't. My wife got the phone call right away saying, Hey, what are your kids doing there? So five minutes later, uh, you know, my kids walked into the door and my wife goes, Uh, what the heck are you guys doing? Sliding on a thing. And they're like, What? You know mom knows everything anyways <laughs> it is it is that that sense of community and a sense of everybody knowing everybody and it to you know to the good part uh, i mean you know we we look after after each other uh and you know we we, we all want the best for the area uh no matter what our differences in opinion are uh and i think you know having that communication and that connection uh even though we you know we 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 uh, we're very competitive with sports teams. Uh, you know, oh, you're playing those guys. Oh my! You know, even though they're in community, we uh, as as a you know as a community we we truly enjoy that. It is it is a friendly, um, active community, and I think that's uh, that's something that I cherish. Uh, and you know, uh, it's it's great. It's great.
0: Ben, I want to thank you. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing this. Um, I, I I say this a lot, but I say it with sincerity each time I say it. Um, thank you. Thank you for serving your community. It truly sounds like in the 45 minutes, almost an hour of talking to you, um you are truly an ambassador for your community. It seems like you have the best interest of your community at heart. You want the best for your community. So you're advocating for your community as much as possible whenever you get the chance to be in front of ministers. So thank you so much for doing this, for sitting down with me. But also thank you so much for being part of your community and for being part of a municipality that is so important to the future of our community province in some sense, and even our country. So thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. But Chris, you know, we gotta, we gotta, you gotta thank you as well. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're, you know, you are bringing light uh, to, uh, to the government that faces the people all the time, right. We're, you know, we're on, on, on the provincial side, you're maybe in the federal side, you know, uh, stakeholders don't really have any engagement with, with them, but, uh, but thank you for bringing some attention to our area. Uh, municipal politics and and everything else as well i do appreciate what you do
0: thank you for joining us for another great episode of the cross-border interviews your continued interest in delving deep into the issues that shape our communities across canada is both inspiring and essential to our mission now as we wrap up it is my hope that you have gained valuable insights into the intricate world of municipal politics from our guest today Now, if you found this dialogue as engaging as I did, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. By subscribing, you're not just staying up to date with our latest conversations, but you're playing a vital role in supporting our endeavor to bring you more meaningful content. Now, we couldn't embark on this journey without your support. Creating content that sheds light on the issues affecting municipalities requires dedication and resources. Now, if you believe in our mission and want to help us to continue to grow, please visit our support page conveniently linked in the show notes or by visiting crossborderinterviews.ca. Every contribution, big or small, goes a long way in ensuring that we can keep delivering the kind of content that you have come to expect from us. Once again, thank you for being part of the cross border interviews community. Your engagement is what fuels our passion for shedding light on the issues that truly matter in Canada. Until next time, stay informed, stay engaged, and most importantly, just keep talking.